0: Part four of Chapter Three of Studies in the Psychology of Sex, Volume Two by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. History seven. My parentage is very sound and healthy. Both my parents, who belong to the professional middle class, have good general health. Nor can I trace any marked abnormal or diseased tendency of mind or body in any records of the family. Though of a strongly nervous temperament myself, and sensitive, my health is good, I am not aware of any tendency to physical disease. In early manhood, however, owing, I believe, to the great emotional tension under which I lived, my nervous system was a good deal shattered and exhausted. Mentally and morally, my nature is pretty well balanced, and I have never had any serious perturbations in these departments at the age of eight or nine and long before distinct sexual feelings declared themselves i felt a friendly attraction toward my own sex and this developed after the age of puberty into a passionate sense of love which however never found any expression for itself till i was fully twenty years of age i was a day boarder at school and heard little of school talk on sex subjects was very reserved and modest besides no elder person or parent ever spoke to me on such matters and the passion for my own sex developed gradually utterly uninfluenced from the outside i never even during all this period and till a good deal later learned the practice of masturbation my own sexual nature was a mystery to me i found myself cut off from the understanding of others felt myself an outcast and with a highly loving and clinging temperament was intensely miserable i thought about my male friends sometimes boys of my own age sometimes elder boys and once even a master during the day and dreamed about them at night but was too convinced that i was a hopeless monstrosity ever to make any effectual advances later on it was much the same but gradually though slowly i came to find that there were others like myself I made a few special friends, and at last it came to me occasionally to sleep with them, and to satisfy my imperious need by mutual embraces and emissions. Before this happened, however, I was once or twice on the brink of despair and madness with repressed passion and torment. Meanwhile, from the first, my feeling, physically, toward the female sex was one of indifference, and later on, with the more special development of sex desires, one of positive repulsion though having several female friends whose society i like and to whom i am sincerely attached the thought of marriage or cohabitation with any such has always been odious to me as a boy i was attracted in general by boys rather older than myself after leaving school i still fell in love in a romantic vein with comrades of my own standing now at the age of thirty-seven my ideal of love is a powerful strongly built man of my own age or rather younger preferably of the working class though having solid sense and character he need not be specially intellectual if endowed in the latter way he must not be too glib or refined anything effeminate in a man or anything of the cheap intellectual style repels me very decisively i have never had to do with actual pederasty so called my chief desire in love is bodily nearness or contact as to sleep naked with a naked friend the specially sexual though urgent enough seems a secondary matter pederasty either active or passive might seem in place to me with one i loved very devotedly and who also loved me to that degree but i think not otherwise i am an artist by temperament and choice fond of all beautiful things especially the male human form of active slight muscular build and sympathetic but somewhat indecisive character though possessing self-control i cannot regard my sexual feelings as unnatural or abnormal since they have disclosed themselves so perfectly naturally and spontaneously within me all that i have read in books or heard spoken about the ordinary sexual love its intensity and passion lifelong devotion love at first sight etc seems to me to be easily matched by my own experiences in the homosexual form and with regard to the morality of this complex subject my feeling is that it is the same as should prevail in love between man and woman namely that no bodily satisfaction should be sought at the cost of another person's distress or degradation I am sure that this kind of love is, notwithstanding the physical difficulties that attend it, as deeply stirring and ennobling as the other kind, if not more so, and I think that for a perfect relationship the actual sex gratifications, whatever they may be, probably hold a less important place in this love than in the other. HISTORY eight, M. N. Aged Thirty. My grandfather might be said to be of abnormal temperament, for, though of very humble origin, he organized and carried out an extremely arduous mission work, and became an accomplished linguist, translating the Bible into an Eastern tongue and compiling the first dictionary of that language. He died practically of overwork at the age of forty-five. He was twice married, my father being his third son by the second wife. I believe that two, if not more, of the family, numbering seven in all, were inverted, and the only one of them to marry was my father. My grandmother was the last representative of an old and very wild Irish family. She died at an advanced age of paralysis. My father was thirty-six, and my mother twenty-one at the time of their marriage. I was born three years after, and was their only child. The marriage proved a most unhappy one they being utterly unsuited to each other in every way my father's health during the first years of his marriage was very delicate and i have reason to believe that it had been undermined in certain ways by his life abroad i understand i was born with slight gonorrheal affection and as a child my health was very indifferent This latter may have been brought about by the peculiarly unhappy and unnatural life I led. I had no companions of my own age, and did not even attend any school until after my mother's death. My father superintended my education up to that time, and I had free access to a large and very varied library, and a great deal of solitary leisure to enjoy it in there were a number of medical and scientific books in it which were my principal favorites and i remember deciding at a very early age to be a doctor when about five years old i recollect having a sexual dream connected with a railway porter it afforded me great pleasure to recall this dream and about that time i discovered a method of self-cratification There is not much teaching required in these matters i cannot say that the dream i have mentioned constituted absolutely the first intimation of inverted feeling but rather that it crystallized vague ideas which i might have already had on the subject i can recollect that when about between three and four years of age a young fellow of about twenty came to our house several times as a visitor he was fond of children i suppose and i generally sat on his knee and was kissed by him this was a source of great pleasure to me but i cannot remember if it was accompanied by erection i can only recall that his attention and caresses made a greater impression upon me than those of women when about that age too i was often aroused when sleeping with my mother and told not to lie on my face i remember that erection was always present on these occasions the dream was the first of many of its kind and in my case they have never been accompanied by a mission they have always been of an inverted character though i have occasionally had dreams about women these latter however have usually partaken somewhat of the nature of a nightmare up to the age of fourteen i felt much perplexed and depressed by my views on sexual desire and was convinced that they were peculiar to myself this combined with the solitary condition of my life and about four years continued ill-treatment prior to my mother's death she had given way to drink for that period had a very injurious effect on my health mental and bodily looking back from my present point of view i can understand and forgive many things which have appeared monstrous and unjust to me as a child my mother's life must have been a very unhappy one and she was bitterly disappointed in many ways very likely in me as well my unfortunate misunderstood temperament led me to be shy and secretive and i was often ailing and my training was not calculated to improve matters at last however change and freedom came and i was sent to a boarding school here of course i soon met with attachments and gratifications with other boys i arrived at puberty and my health improved under happier surroundings i was not long in discovering that my companions viewed the pleasures that meant so much to me from an entirely different standpoint their gratifications were usually accompanied by conversation about and a general direction of thought toward females when i had turned fifteen owing to monetary difficulties i was obliged to leave school and was soon not only thrown on my own resources but accountable to no one but myself for my conduct of course my next discovery was that my case so far from being peculiar was a most common one and i was quickly initiated into all the mysteries of inversion with its freemasonry and argot altogether my experience of inverts has been a pretty wide and varied one and i have always endeavoured to classify and compare cases which have come under my notice with a view to arriving at some sort of conclusion or explanation i suppose it is due to female versatility or impressibility that it is possible for me to experience mentally the emotions attributable to either sex according to the age and temperament of my companion for instance with one older than myself possessing well-marked male characteristics i am able to feel all that surrender and dependence which is so essentially feminine on the other hand if with a youth of feminine type and behaviour i can realise with an equal amount of pleasure the tender yet dominant attitude of the male i experience no particular horror of women sexually i should imagine that my feeling toward them resembles very much what normal people feel with regard to others of their own sex m n remarks that he cannot whistle and that his favourite colour is green in this case the subject easily found a moral modus vivendi with his inverted instinct and he takes its gratification for granted in the following case which i believe is typical of a large group the subject has never yielded to his inverted impulses and except so far as masturbation is concerned has preserved strict chastity history nine r s aged thirty one american of french descent upon the question of heredity i may say that i belong to a reasonably healthy prolific and long-lived family on my father's side however there is a tendency toward pulmonary troubles he himself died of pneumonia and two of his brothers and a nephew of consumption neither of my parents were morbid or eccentric Except for a certain shyness with strangers, my father was a very masculine man. My mother is somewhat nervous, but is not imaginative, nor at all demonstrative in her affections. I think that my own imaginative and artistic temperament must come from my father's side. Perhaps my French ancestry has something to do with it. With the exception of my maternal grandfather, all my progenitors have been of French descent. My mother's father was English i possess a mercurial temperament and a strong sense of the ludicrous though my physique is slight my health has always been excellent of late years especially i have been greatly given to introspection and self-scrutiny but have never had any hallucinations mental delusions nor hysterics and am not at all superstitious spiritualistic manifestations hypnotic dabblings and the other psychical fads of the day have little or no attraction for me in fact i have always been sceptical of them and they rather bore me at school i was an indolent dreamy boy shirking study but otherwise fairly docile to my teachers from earliest childhood i have indulged in omnivorous taste for reading my particular likings being for travels aesthetics metaphysical and theological subjects and more recently for poetry and certain forms of mysticism i never cared much for history or for scientific subjects from the beginning too i showed a strong artistic bent and possessed an overpowering love for all things beautiful as a child i was passionately fond of flowers loved to be in the woods and alone and wanted to become an artist my parents opposed the latter wish and i gave way before their opposition in me the homosexual nature is singularly complete and is undoubtedly congenital the most intense delight of my childhood even when a tiny boy in a nurse's charge was to watch acrobats and riders at the circus This was not so much for the skillful feats as on account of the beauty of their persons. Even then I cared chiefly for the more lithe and graceful fellows. People told me that circus actors were wicked and would steal little boys, and so I came to look upon my favorites as half-devil and half-angel. When I was older and could go about alone, I would often hang around the tents of traveling shows in hope of catching a glimpse of the actors i longed to see them naked without their tights and used to lie awake at night thinking of them and longing to be loved and embraced by them a certain bareback rider a sort of jockey used especially to please me on account of his handsome legs which were clothed in fleshlings up to his waist leaving his beautiful loins uncovered by a breech-cloud there was nothing consciously sensual about these reveries because at the time i had no sensual feelings or knowledge curiously enough the women actors repelled me then as they do to this day quite as strongly as i was attracted by the men i used also to take great pleasure in watching men and boys in swimming but my opportunities for seeing them thus were extremely rare i never dared let my comrades know how i felt about these matters but the sight of a well-formed naked youth or man would fill me and does now with mingled feelings of bashfulness anguish and delight i used to tell myself endless stories of a visionary castle inhabited by beautiful boys one of whom was especially my dear chum it was always the prince in fairy tales who held my interest or affection i was constantly falling in love with handsome boys whom i never knew nor did i ever try to mix in their company for i was abashed before them and had no liking nor aptitude for boyish games sometimes i played with girls because they were more quiet and gentler but i cared for them little or not at all as is usually the case my parents neglected to impart to me any sexual knowledge and such as i possessed was gathered furtively from tainted sources bad boys talk at school and elsewhere my elders let me know in a vague way that talk of the kind was wicked and natural timidity and a wish to be good kept me from learning much about sexual matters as i never went to boarding-school i was spared perhaps many of the degrading initiations administered by knowing boys at such institutions in spite of what has been said above i do not believe that i was sexually very precocious and even now i feel that more pleasure would ensue from merely contemplating than from personal contact with the object of my amorous attentions as i grew older there came of course an undefined physical longing but it was the beauty of those i admired which mainly appealed to me at the time of puberty i spontaneously acquired the habit of masturbation once while bathing i found that a pleasant feeling came while touching the sexual organs it was not long before i was confirmed in the habit at first i practised it but seldom but afterward much more frequently say once a week though at times months have elapsed without any indulgences on my part i have only had erotic dreams three or four times in my life the masturbation habit i regard as morally reprehensible and have made many resolutions to break it but without avail it affords me only the most momentary satisfaction and is always followed by remorseful scruples i have never in my life had any sexual feeling for a woman nor any sexual connection with any woman whatsoever The very thought of such a thing is excessively repugnant and disgusting to me. This is true apart from any moral considerations, and I do not think I could bring myself to it. I am not attracted by young women in any way. Even their physical beauty has little or no charm for me, and I often wonder how men can be so affected by it on the other hand i am not a woman hater and have several strong friends of the opposite sex they are however women older than myself and our friendship is based solely on certain intellectual or aesthetic tastes we have in common i have had practically no physical relations with men at any rate none specifically sexual once when about nineteen or twenty-one i started to embrace a beautifully formed youth with whom i was sleeping but timidity and scruples got the better of my feelings and as my bedfellow was not amorously inclined toward me nothing came of it a few years after this i became strongly attached to a friend whom i had already known for several years circumstances threw us very much together during one summer it was now that i felt for the first time the full shock of love he returned my affection but both of us were shy of showing our feelings or speaking of them Often when walking together after nightfall we would put our arms about each other. Sometimes, too, when sleeping together we would lie in close contact, and my friend once suggested that I put my legs against his. He frequently begged me to spend the night with him, but I began to fear my feelings and slept with him but seldom. We neither of us had any definite ideas about homosexual relations, and apart from what I have related above, we had no further contact with each other a few months after our amorous feelings had developed my friend died his death caused me great distress and my naturally religious temperament began to manifest itself quite strongly at this time too i first read some writings of mr addington simmons and certain allusions in his work coupled with my recent experience soon stirred me to a full consciousness of my inverted nature about eight months after my friend's death i happened to meet in a strange town a youth of about my own age who exerted upon me a strong and instant attraction he possessed a refined handsome face was gracefully built and though he was rather undemonstrative we soon became fast friends we were together only for a few days when i was obliged to leave from my home and the parting caused me great unhappiness and depression a few months after we spent a vacation together one day during our trip we went swimming and undressed in the same bath-house when i saw my friend naked for the first time he seemed to me so beautiful that i longed to throw my arms about him and cover him with kisses i kept my feelings hidden however hardly daring to look at him for fear of being unable to restrain my desires several times afterward in his room i saw him stripped with the same effect upon my emotions until i had seen him naked my feelings for him were not of a physical character but afterward i longed for actual contact but only by embraces and kisses though he was fond of me he had absolutely no amorous longings for me and being a simple pure-minded fellow would have loathed me for mine and my inverted nature i was careful never to let him discover it and i was made very unhappy when he confided that he was in love with a young girl whom he wished to marry This episode took place several years ago, and though we are still friends, my emotional feelings for him have cooled considerably. I have always been very shy of showing any affectionate tendencies. Most of my acquaintances, and close friends even, think me curiously cold, and often wonder why I have never fallen in love or married. For obvious reasons, I have never been able to tell them. Three or four years ago a little book by Coventry Patmore fell into my hands, and from its perusal resulted a strange blending of my religious and erotic notions. The desire to love and be loved is hard to drown, and when I realized that homosexually it was neither lawful nor possible for me to love in this world, I began to project my longings into the next. By birth I am a Roman Catholic, and, in spite of a somewhat skeptical temper, managed to remain one by conviction from the doctrines of the trinity incarnation and eucharist i have drawn conclusions which would fill the minds of the average pietist with holy horror nevertheless i believe that granting the premises these conclusions are both logically and theologically defensible the divinity of my fancied paradise resembles in no way the vapid conceptions of fra angelico or the quartier his physical aspect at least would be better represented by some praxitelean demigod or flandrin's naked brooding boy while these imaginings have caused me considerable moral disquietude they do not seem wholly reprehensible because I feel that the chief happiness I would derive by their realization would be mainly from the contemplation of the loved one rather than from closer joys i possess only a slight knowledge of the history and particulars of erotic mysticism but it is likely that my notions are neither new nor peculiar and many utterances of the few mystical writers with whose works i am acquainted seem substantially in accord with my own longings and conclusions in endeavouring to find for them some sanction of valid authority i have always sought corroboration from members of my own sex Hence am less likely to have fashioned my views after those of hypersensitive or hysterical women. You will rightly infer that it is difficult for me to say exactly how I regard morally the homosexual tendency. Of this much, however, I am certain that, even if it were possible, I would not exchange my inverted nature for a normal one. I suspect that the sexual emotions, and even inverted ones, have a more subtle significance than is generally attributed to them. But modern moralists either fight shy of transcendental interpretations, or see none, and I am ignorant and unable to solve the mystery these feelings seem to imply. Patmore speaks boldly enough in his way, and Lacroix has hinted at things, but in a very guarded manner i have neither the ability nor opportunity to study what the mystics of the middle ages have to say along these lines and besides the medieval way of looking at things is not congenial to me the chief characteristic of my tendency is an overpowering admiration for male beauty and in this i am more akin to the greeks i have absolutely no words to tell you how powerfully such beauty affects me moral and intellectual worth is i know of greater value but physical beauty i see more clearly and it appears to me the most vivid if not the most perfect manifestation of the divine a little incident may perhaps reveal to you my feelings more completely not long ago i happened to see an unusually well-formed young fellow enter a house of assignation with a common woman of the street their sight filled me with the keenest anguish and the thought that his beauty would soon be at the disposal of the prostitute made me feel as if i were a powerless and an unhappy witness to a sacrilege it may be that my rage for male loveliness is only another outbreaking of the old platonic mania for as time goes on i find that i long less for the actual youth before me and more and more for some ideal perfect being whose bodily splendor and loving heart are the realities whose reflections only we see in this cave of shadows since the birth and development within me of what for lack of a better name i term my homosexualized patmorean ideal life has become in the main a weary business i am not despondent however because many things still hold for me a certain interest when that interest dies down as it is wont from time to time i endeavor to be patient god grant that after the end here I may be drawn from the shadow and seemingly vain imaginings into the possession of their never ending reality hereafter End of Part four of Chapter three Recording by John Fricker